Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. And welcome to the show. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody had a good week. Here we are, February the 20th, Saturday at 12 p.m. Four more weeks until springtime. I cannot wait for that. Put this winter behind us. So, With all the restrictions Canada has going on for traveling and for travelers, that you have to have uh, these uh, uh, COVID tests done prior to your flight back into Canada and the quarantines at the hotels that is mandatory by the government and the cost is roughly around $2,000. How you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug. I am fine. I hope you are fine. I hope everyone, your family and everybody is fine. Now, with all the restrictions that we have on, on travel here in Canada, and for Canadians who are coming back from their... Um, trips that really you shouldn't have done in the first place and the COVID tests that you have to have before you uh, get on your flight back to Canada. Now, people think that, you know, you can, you know, find a way around these sort of things with these tests. And I'll tell you something right now, um, they, they do um, investigate your documents that you have to provide once you enter Canada. Now you probably heard that there had been some um, false um, COVID tests where people would uh, pay for these tests and they never had the test. So for two travelers who have been fined for presenting false or misleading COVID-19 tests upon their arrival back into Canada, 
And according to the media statement, Transport Canada conducted a comprehensive investigation of two travelers and determined that they made false declaration upon about their health status. They were fined $10,000 and $7,000 respectfully. The statement says the two travelers knowingly boarded a flight to Canada from Mexico on January 23rd, 2021, after having tested positive for COVID-19 only a few days before their flight. Now, as of January the 7th, every traveler over the age of five is required to produce a negative test result of the PCR before they board their flight and that's 72 hours before they board their flight. The test must be conducted in the flight's country of origin before boarding the plane. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world, that you have traveled, that you have to have a negative COVID-19 test, you have to test negative before you can board that flight. Now, aside from the test, travelers arriving in Canada must also submit to a mandatory 14-day quarantine period. So it doesn't matter even if you tested negative, you still, once you re, uh, return back to Canada, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Now there's a lot of forms that you have to submit to because you have to tell the government your arrival plans, where you're going to be quarantining, all contact information. You can find all this information out on the Canadian government website on the on the restrictions of traveling back to Canada. It's all there. It's going to tell you everything that you need to know. Now. Transport Canada says that any passengers failing to comply with the interim order could be subject up, up to $5,000 per violation. Transport Canada spokesperson said one traveler was fined $5,000 for presenting a false or misleading test and another $5,000 for knowingly boarding an aircraft after having provided a false test. The second traveler was fined $2,000 for presenting false or misleading test results and another $5,000 for knowingly boarding the aircraft under false pretense. 
Thank you for joining the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So people out there, you know, if you don't think the, um, the new rules that Canada has put on for travel, and you think you're going to get away with it, to all who are thinking about traveling to Canada or, or whatever the case may be, trying to falsify or have misleading test results can get you a $5,000 fine per violation. Now, see, they try to get around this sort of stuff because when you come back into Canada by air, you have to quarantine at a at a designated hotel at your own expense of two thousand dollars for the three days so prior to your flight like i said you have to have a test COVID test done 72 hours prior to your flight and when you come back into canada you have to pay for another test and while you're waiting for that test, you have to quarantine in a hotel for three days, which will cost you $2,000. If the tests come back negative, then you can finish your quarantine at home. If you test positive, then you go to a government facility. So don't try to get around all these new rules and regulations that Canada has put in place because it will cost you $5,000 per violation. And I was reading an article the other day about uh, Canadians who are planning on coming back from their, you know, winter where they spent down, whether they spent it down in Florida, Arizona, or California. Canadians will be able to come back by land, but they still have to have a COVID test done before they arrive at the border. They'll have to have another test done when they get back into Canada. And they still have to quarantine for 14 days. Now, all they've been doing, these Canadians who have traveled abroad, all they've been doing is complaining about all these hoops they have to jump through to get back into Canada. And they can cry boo-hoo all they want. I don't really care because there's always been a travel advisory. But they just simply ignore it. And they traveled anyway. Because the United States had no restrictions. Our land border is closed between Canada and the United States. 
So those ones that had to get their vehicles across the border, they had it transported across by truck. And then they flew over into the United States, jumped in the vehicle and went down to their vacation. Just simply ignoring the travel, the travel, the travel rules, you know, really not to travel. And then they complain about all these hoops they have to jump through to get back into Canada. That's not my problem. I don't feel sorry for them. They knew not to travel to begin with, but they did it anyway. It was announced yesterday that the Canadian border and the American border will be closed until March 21st. March 21st will mark one year that the land border between the United States and Canada has been closed to non-essential travel. And they look at it month by month to determine whether it's safe enough to open up the border. And I suspect that even leading up to March 21st, that the land border will then still be closed for non-essential travel until April 21st. Their biggest really concern right now is the new variants of COVID-19, which Canada has, which the United States has, which other countries have. So the government is going to make sure that they're protecting Canadians and that the interest in all Canadians come first. Now, even with the vaccines rolling out, um, you know, they're talking about um, early indication that vaccines are having an impact on COVID-19 infection rates. Now, right now, there's just been over, just over a million Canadians that have been vaccinated. Now, the reason being for that is because Pfizer had to upgrade a facility in Europe in order to meet the demands for this vaccine. So Canada has fallen behind on vaccinating the citizens of Canada. But the vaccines are once again rolling out. So and here across Ontario, they're opening up more sites um, to administer the vaccines. 
here in London, there's going to be a couple more facilities opened up um, as well uh, as the vaccines are rolling in. And of course, I mean, they're, you know, they're still, um, you know, vaccinating, you know, um, the most vulnerable first. Making sure that all the retirement homes and nursing homes and all staff, all the essential uh, individuals, making sure that they're getting their vaccinations. Then, of course, you know, it's going to, the vaccines are going to roll through um, all our frontline workers, our doctors, and our nurses. Then into um, paramedics, police, fire departments, and then rolling into the general population. Now, it's great to hear that, you know, the vaccines are having an impact on COVID-19 infection rates. Here in Ontario, um, majority of Ontario um, has been able to uh, start to reopen. Non-essential workers are able to get back to work. But with restrictions, now you maybe uh, heard me talk about um, the color codes um, that we're using here in Canada on reopening, using the green, the yellow, the orange, the red, the gray, and the black. At which this time here in the city of London where I reside, this week, it was Tuesday, just past Tuesday, that we were moved into the red color, which means, yes, places and businesses can open up, but with restrictions, how many people they can have inside, that means bars, restaurants, and that so. And that's until the end of February when that's going to, you know, they'll, they'll take a, a, another look to see whether we're going to move, you know, from red to orange or whatever the case may be. But our numbers here, um, this is the really like the first week that we've, we've seen single digits just here in the city of London. Other parts, uh, other parts of the province, like Toronto, the Peel region, the York region, they are going to stay in lockdown until March the eighth. And then we'll take they'll take another look at it again. So I'm hoping that we do we do not have to return to another lockdown in a stay-at-home order. 
And that started back on the 26th of, de of December, all the way up till last Tuesday of the lockdown stay at home orders. Schools have been back in for approximately three weeks. So hopefully the kids can stay in school. Their March break has been canceled. They'll get that in April instead of March. It would be nicer weather hopefully for them in April when they have their, their break, which they'll have a week off of school. And hopefully by then, you know, we have more um, vaccines in the arms of everybody that, like I say, we don't have to go to another lockdown and school is canceled again. And that because, you know, bouncing back and forth like that um, from lockdown to reopening to lockdown to reopening is just, you know, financial hardship, um, mental, physical, um, you know, it's not good for anybody. So this is why these measures still have to stay in place. Now, this doctor, he's the Canada's deputy chief public health officer, acknowledged that the evidence is still premature, but appeared cautiously optimistic that these vaccines are having a, a good impact on this virus. And researchers around the world are eagerly watching for early signs that the global vaccination effort is tipping the pandemic scale in the right direction. But experts around the world say there are many factors that will determine how effective vac vaccines are on the pandemic and the widespread effects will take time to become clear. So as these needles are going into the arms, hopefully we, we start seeing um, a dramatic dropping the curve, and that curve starts to flatten and stays flat. Now, you know, here, here across, here in Canada, um, when they say we have you know, 840,000 cases of COVID. You know, and every time I, you know, I, I read this and I, and I look at these stories and um, they don't talk about the recovery, but I found one the other day and we have, you know, well over um, 750,000 recoveries. 
the active rate in Canada is just a little over 33,000 cases in the entire country. So you take the total and you take the recovery, you have the active cases. So people look at 830,000, you know, and they go, wow, that's a lot. Then you look at the recovery and what you have left is the active cases. So just a little over 33,000 cases of COVID-19 we have here in, in Canada. And they're also talking about the hospitalizations and death rates are lagging indicators. That means that is that they are dropping. But now is not the time to let your guard down. And even though here, you know, across Canada, provinces uh, um, are starting to um, reopen, you know, starting to uh, um, to relax, but we can't let our guard down. And their biggest concern right now is these variants of the United Kingdom variant, the South African variant, that if we open too fast, potentially we could start seeing an increase in COVID-19 infections in which we don't want to see. Right now, restaurants are allowed to have 10 customers in their business. The big box stores, the big Walmarts, they're basically cut to about 50% capacity or less, depending on where you live in Canada. Now we've heard people in small businesses, you know, um, complaining about the big box stores being able to open up during the, the shutdowns and, and small businesses have to close and uh, one member of parliament here in Canada um, suggests that if, just if, a big if, we have to go into lockdown again, then the big box stores and the Walmarts should not be allowed to sell non-essential items. Because we know Walmarts are selling, like they sell groceries, so that's fine. Costco sells groceries, so that's fine. They don't need to sell anything else for in-store purchase. Anybody needed anything else, then you'd have to just order it online. Either have it delivered or pick it up. Curbside pickup. 
Now, there was another uh, thing on here. Just give me one second. So when we're talking about these reopenings and with the um, with these new variants, um, our top doctor here in Canada, Canada, Teresa Tam, you know, the COVID-19 variants could fuel surge of 20,000 daily cases if restrictions are eased. Now, if they're if it's too fast, I mean, we open up too fast. You know, if, if we if we put the entire country into the color color code green, you know, then yeah, potentially, you know, we would probably see twenty thousand cases on a daily basis. But we're not opening the way that the federal government or the top doctors are are suggesting. Here in Ontario, we're working backwards of the color code open. And then looking at it again in two weeks. And it doesn't mean in two weeks that we get to drop another color. We potentially, we, we just basically stay in the color that you opened up in here in London. We opened up in the red. So at the end of February, they could say, well, we're going to keep you in the red for another two weeks. Thank you for joining me, Rocky. Now, the federal, the federal forecast projected that COVID-19 variants could feel a potential third wave that would eclipse its predecessor if Canada doesn't double down on strict public health protocols. It's a warning the Ontario government appears to be heeding as it, extend, as it extends stay-at-home orders in some hard area, uh, regions like Toronto. They're still going to stay in the lockdown and they're still going to stay in the stay-at-home orders until March the 8th. Now, yes, they're going to talk about a third wave because of these new because of these other variants of, of this virus. You know, and, and I'm sure, you know, the government here in Ontario, um, they're aware of it. Our top doctor in Ontario is aware of it. And this is why we're taking these really strict precautions on reopening. The Canada Chief Public Health Officers says there are currently fewer than 33,000 active cases in Canada, a 60% drop compared to a month ago. Like I was saying, we have, you have, you know, when they talk about, oh, Canada's got 840,000 cases, you subtract you subtract that from the recoveries 
and we have fewer than 33,000 cases in the entire country. That's a 60% drop compared to a month ago. So there's something going on here. The virus itself and with the, all the tough measures that we put in place here in Canada, that the case counts are coming down. The recovery rate is going up, obviously. And we only just have a, oh, just over a million people vaccinated here in Canada, and we got a population of 37 million. Now, you know, with the with the uh, contagious variants um, now detected in all provinces, Dr. Theresa Tam, the top doctor of Canada, says Canada may not be able to avoid a rapid acceleration of daily cases without continued vigilance, and that's and that's why it takes all of us to do the things that we're supposed to be doing. But for the few out there who are not doing as they're asked to do, are just part of the problem and not part of the solution. We've had pastors ignoring the rules. That finally that the government would have to get a court order to shut them down. And then they start to listen. We have a couple of pastors here in and around the area where they where they have already been charged no one said they couldn't hold drive-in services but they decided that they were just going to have a, a full church and this is what got them into a lot of hot water. And upsetting their community around them. That's their problem. But it's our problem too because when you hold a full church service, nobody's social distancing, nobody wearing a mask. It's just a potential for a disaster. More infection rates. Leads to. Lockdowns again.
Now, with these new variants, the doctor turn, uh, goes on to say, um, even with current, even with the current um, precautions that we're taking right now with the with the with the openings, um, the country could see infections increase more than 10,000 per day in April, according to the modeling. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I really don't see that. You know, and I've always said this before too, small business, has a better opportunity for contact tracing. What's in place now for restaurants? When you enter a restaurant, you have to give your name and your telephone number. All businesses, small businesses, all have to have these recordings. Why not the big box stores? Why not the Walmarts? They never did any contact tracing. Walmarts, Walmarts have had uh, outbreaks. Costco's had outbreaks. So why not them? So I understand what, what Dr. Teresa Tam, uh, Tam, you know, and, and her um, concerns, you know, with these new variants, you know, because nobody wants a third wave. Now imagine, imagine a small store. You know, maybe you have a hardware store um, in the city where you live in, in your community. And these small hardware stores, they're not big inside anyways. So, you know, you're probably going to have maybe five people in at a time. Where a Walmart could have 50 people. A Costco say around 50 people, 60 people. You know, if I can get the same thing at the hardware store as Costco, I would go to the hardware store. Costco sells lumber too, so does the lumber stores. They're smaller. It's much better. And I don't have to go stand in line just because I want to go into a Costco. Over this pandemic, I would drive by a Costco here in my city and I would see hundreds of people lined up outside waiting to get into a Costco. 
wrapped around the building and down the block, waiting to get into a Costco. Just absolutely ridiculous. Now, our uh, Premier of Ontario, uh, Mr. Doug Ford, I got to say that he's been doing an excellent job. I know he takes a lot of criticism from, from um, other members of Parliament, but they can criticize all, their, all, all they want because they just sit on the sidelines. That's what critics do. They just sit on the sidelines. They're not the ones who have to make these tough decisions. And whether or not that we like it, so far it's been beneficial. He's done the right things. He's listening to the health official on how we can reopen and the way to go about it. Some places in the region seem to say it's not fair that they have to stay in lockdown and stay at home orders for additional three weeks. But these areas had the highest case count. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for all these small businesses in those areas that can't open yet. But their time is going to come when they're gonna be able to open up. You know, once again, you know, we can um, go and, and, and sit in your favorite restaurant. I haven't done that yet. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till, you know, um, you know, maybe when we move into um, the orange or the yellow, you know, and that's gonna be, you know, well into March probably early April. You know, I'm not in a big hurry. You know, I can order online from my favorite pub, you know, and get it delivered. You know, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna be patient, I'm gonna be wait, I'm gonna wait, you know, to uh, to go in and, and, and sit down and have, have a couple beers and chicken wings or whatever I want. Now, with the vaccine rollout, like I said, unfortunately, um, Canada had somewhat of a setback uh, because Pfizer needed to upgrade a facility. Now, the federal government has been taking heat 
you know, because our vaccine rate is low. And somehow it's our prime minister's fault. Somehow it's our procurement uh, minister's fault that Canada is lagging behind. I don't know how they can say that it's their fault when Pfizer needed to upgrade that facility in Europe. I mean, did, did these people forget, you know, what it takes to get these vaccines out into arms in the first place? You know, instead of sitting on the sidelines and criticizing, I say to those government officials who are doing that, that you get off your ass and you start to support the federal government. There's, there's nothing that that, that I cannot stand is a critic. Because I'll criticize the critic because the critics just sit on the sidelines and criticize everybody. So they either get on board and, and support this vaccine campaign Or put your money where your mouth is. And if you think you can do a better job, then run for prime minister. If you think you can do a better job, instead of sitting on the sidelines and being a critic. Because I certainly wouldn't want the job that the government has to do right now or at any given time. I won't criticize because I don't know what it takes to do that job. But these critics do, because the critics are in government, not just in, in uh, being a, uh, a reporter. It's the opposition parties who criticize all the time. And they should know better because they know what it takes to do the job. Because they're in government. But everything the federal government has done for Canadians. All the benefits that they have been giving out over the over the uh, one year period, which actually be, could be coming up in March, billions of dollars in aid to all Canadians who needed it, and all those programs they put in place are being extended until September twenty twenty one, so people don't have have to worry about their EI running out. People don't have to worry about 
um, the caregivers um, monies that, that were, were being handed out. There's something like five different programs that the government has going on right now to help Canadians financially. And extending these programs. Every single day, our, our prime minister or our premier is out front and center, keeping Canadians up to date on what's going on with COVID-19, what is going on with the, vac with the vaccines. No one's been held in the dark. And yet, they get criticized for the job that they're doing. Now, the other day, our premier here in Ontario, he made a remark of the opposition and the, oppos uh, uh, the opposition, um, the leader of the NDP here is, is a woman. And she's always criticizing. So Doug Ford, our premier turned around and said to her, it's like listening to you running your nails down a chalkboard. And she took offense to that. Now, he could have worded it differently. And, he, and you know, he basically said, you know, instead of criticizing, we need to jump on board. And do something positive. Saying that listening to her is like running your nails down a chalkboard. You know that feeling that you get when someone does that? So he's basically saying that's how she sounds. You know, he's fed up just like everybody else is fed up. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. You know, I, I you know, with, 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 with the uh, government of Canada has done for all Canadians and doing for Canadians. I mean, when they needed to step up and do something, they certainly did that. And continuing to do just that. 
when I read an article and I scroll down to that bottom of that article, it'll have the comment section. And I will go through some of the comments. And um, some are, um, some comments are, are, are there are, um, you know, backing the government on what they're doing. And of course, you know, you know, anybody can, can say as they please, you know, but don't be too quick to jump to criticize. Some of the things that they say is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, with the lockdowns and the stay at home orders and the emergency orders, you know, people would comment, oh, you know, it's like communist, you know, Canada, Canada's turning into, a, you know, a communist, you know, this is a concentration camp, you know, like, give me a break. Well, let's go this way. How about we didn't lock down? How about we didn't have financial help? And where do you think we'd be at with COVID-19? Hmm. We'd be up there with the United States of America. Over 25 million cases in that country. Over a half a million people have died in the United States due to COVID-19. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, he is taking on a huge task. Give the man a chance. Now, ladies and gentlemen, It is time to get those thank yous out there. It's time to thank all of our essential workers. And I want to thank, I want to put a thank you to all those, all the small businesses out there for, um, for putting up, you know, with the, with the lockdowns and being closed. Um, standing strong as you possibly can. You know, I want to thank you for, for being there still and being able to hire back. So a big thank you out to, out to the small business communities. 
I hope we can stay open and I hope that we do not have to go back to another shutdown. And thank you to all our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics, our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my guests here on the Truckers Podcast this morning. And those that will listen later on around the world, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. A big round of applause for everybody. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Hope you can join me. Enjoy your Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you.